Hey everybody, and welcome back to Becky Talks Parks. This is a podcast for passionate parks and recreation professionals who are raising the bar in the field and in their community. Join us as we talk to experts in the field who are making a difference just like you. The field of parks and recreation is changing and the value is finally being recognized for what it is, an economic driver and a place for communities to grow and thrive. So if you're ready to hear from the best in the industry, stay tuned. We're going to get this podcast started right now. So in this episode, I want to talk about the mistakes that I made in my parks and recreation career thus far. I love hearing about other people's stories, and it's something that inspires me and encourages me to keep going and to make a difference in my own career. But a lot of times we only hear the highlights of someone's career. They don't talk about the mistakes that they've made, and it's never really something that is presented to you on a daily basis. Like if you go to a conference or if you're networking with someone, people will give you a brief overview of who they are. And I've done it myself. But within that short time to give you that elevator speech, they're not telling you about the mistakes that they've made. They're telling you what you want to hear about all of the amazing things that they did and how awesome they are. It's just part of being on stage. It's part of networking. It's You're telling your own story in the way that you want to be perceived. But I think that there's something really important about sharing your truth and sharing the parts that didn't go so well for you. And so I'm only 28, you guys. I have to be real. I'm I'm going to make so many more mistakes in my career. But looking back, if I was a student or just getting out of college and a young professional, I would want to hear from someone maybe five or 10 years down the road, who had been in my shoes, who had made mistakes, who told me it was going to be okay. And so in this podcast, I want to talk about the six different mistakes that I've made. And these are just six of them. I'm sure there's plenty more. But um, my, I, my hope is that you can maybe relate to these or give yourself a little bit more uh, hope or compassion when you make your own mistakes. Um, Things happen and we just need to be a little bit more accepting of the situation. And when things are new to us, we're bound to make mistakes. And so I hope that this podcast just gives you a little relief and that you may be able to relate in some way. So I'm going to go ahead and get started with the six mistakes that I've made in my parks and recreation career. The first mistake that I made was assuming that my career would be a straight line. So in college, you're told to decide a major and and it seems to be like a defining moment in your life because for a while I was undecided, but when you choose a a major in parks and recreation, it's almost as like you've decided your career path, you know where you're going. And the logical career choice upon deciding in a career in parks and recreation is to become a director. There's a top position and it makes sense to work your way up to that. So I set my sights on the 10 year goal of becoming a director and it seemed like every decision I made was predicated on asking, how does this fit into becoming a director? Will this take me in the direction that I need to go to get there? 
But one thing that I didn't realize is that Parks and Recreation is such a rich and varied career. So fresh out of college, it can be... Fresh out of college, some people can go directly into a director role um, if it's a very small community department or if you're well known there. But there are many other experiences that can determine what position you get and whether or not you even want to become a director. I mean, if you go to a larger municipality, it may take 20 or 30 years to get up to a director's role, but that doesn't mean that there's not valuable positions in between that can help you and that can enrich your life and that can help, and that can help you make a difference in your community. So it, it just may mean that you may not be able to reach your destination as soon as you thought. So keep an open mind for your future. I still think it's important to have a vision, this long-term goal if you want, to set a vision for you know where you want to be and, and what you want to become because I think it can help you make wise decisions. But keep your options open because you don't want to miss out on opportunities simply because you set this goal you know, 10 years ago for what you wanted your life to be. Things change and there's nothing wrong with having another position if you enjoy it. And I've met people who have, have risen in their ranks and then they don't necessarily like the position because the higher you go, the more administrative it becomes. And so you have to think about what's important to you, what you enjoy doing, and then seeing if the positions that you want actually matches up to what you want to do. There's no point in just rising in the ranks because the salary is higher or it looks better on a resume if you don't actually like what you're doing. And so the truth is, is that you can make a huge difference in your community in entry-level roles just as much, if not more, than as a director role. So trust the process and know that um, whatever decision you make, it will likely help you. And any career in Parks and Recreation is worthwhile. All right, mistake number two was moving on too quickly. So I hope this doesn't offend anyone, but I belong to the millennial generation. And one of the things that I've seen is that millennials do not have the same kind of loyalty as other generations, particularly to an employer. And just personally speaking, I have a hard time staying loyal to any kind of company or organization because I've seen dedicated employees, good people, lose their jobs when the employee de- when the economy declined. And I've also seen well-meaning people become trapped in a position simply for their retirement benefits. And I just, I don't appreciate, I don't understand that kind of life. I feel like you should be able to make decisions based off of what you want to do with your life and not because of the retirement benefits. Um, And I, I feel like we put so much pressure on becoming a great employee that we forget what it means to become a great person. And so couple that with the advice that I've received from my first mentor, uh, Pam Reedy, from one of my first positions. And um, I was struggling with the decision whether or not to move on from that organization. And she told me that, you know, you have to do what is best for you because everyone on some level is replaceable. 
I'm going to repeat that. Everyone on some level is replaceable. And if you don't believe that, then um, I'd encourage you to think again. I'd encourage you to think about um, what would happen if you took a two-week vacation, if you took a leave of absence, if you left to find another position. The world keeps spinning. (laughs) The world keeps spinning, and so does your job. And so um, people will move on without you. Your job moves on without you. And so if you need to do something because it just, it feels right and you, and, um, it just makes sense for you, then by all means do it. But, um, I would say that all of that advice has served me well and has led me to a position that I truly enjoy. But, uh, a word of caution, I will tell you, um, there are times in my career where if I would have stayed put and been a little bit more patient um, through those rough times that I would have a, a totally different story, a totally different career path. And so I'll tell you that now. So when I was working in uh, Boulder, I worked for about a year and a half as a facility coordinator. That's historically, besides this current job that I'm in, that's how long I've, I've worked in most of my positions, a year and a half. I feel like that's a sweet spot to where I'm growing, I'm changing, I'm learning. I learn the system and I really excel. But after that, I tend to get bored and I tend to just kind of be stagnant. And I I don't like being stagnant. I love growing. And so for good or for bad, that's usually when I look for other opportunities. But um, at that time, uh, as a facility coordinator, I was managing a recreation center. I... You know, there were pros and cons to the position, but something just wasn't aligned anymore. And I knew that because my energy was drained. Uh, I was dreaming about my work. Um, I was sometimes having nightmares about my work, that someone didn't do their job or open the building. Um, You know, I just thought about it constantly. I was stressed to the point of being sick. Um, You know, my face has a great job of always telling people how stressed I am, and so I'd always break out. And, you know, my body was telling me that this isn't working for me anymore. And so I made the decision to leave. And I didn't have a stable job or income in place. Um, And when I look back, I realized that there was information that I didn't know. And there were many other internal and political factors at play, um, uh, which probably contributed to my stress, but I realized that I was only a couple of weeks away from being able to apply for a promotion that wasn't available to me before. And I really, I think I was entirely qualified for it. So I could have been in a position to interview for the supervisor one level up of the recreation center and had a pay raise. And that move would have certainly looked great on my career. Uh, but I, I will never regret following my intuition, and that's exactly what I did. So even though a lot of people will give you the advice to not move on too quickly, I somewhat agree with that. But I also think at the end of the day, you have to know who you are. You have to trust what your intuition, what your body is telling you, um, and make your own best judgment. And so this one's a little bit... Um, uh, a little touchy because I do 
I don't regret it, but I do think that it's something that as a young professional, you should keep in mind before you jump into your next position. All right, mistake number three, focusing on the work before the people. I love working. It's just what I love to do. And for me, it can get really easy to get caught up in the fun stuff. So the technology, the policies, how to be more efficient, you know, updating the website, doing the work. So I think when you love what you do, you can sometimes forget who it is all for. And in your daily grind, over and over and over again, you find yourself working, working, working. But in Parks and Recreation, it's a little bit different. It's all about the people. It's about who you serve and why you ultimately do what you do. And that has to be top of mind. But as an introvert, I found it much easier to close the door behind me and focus on my work. That, however, um, I have learned that most of my jobs have been less about the work itself and more about the relationships that I've made. My career has been much more rich because of the relationships I've made. So this is true when you are job searching, it's true when you're managing a team, and it's true when you're working with the public. And so if something doesn't feel right, if, if for some reason you're not being recognized the way that you should, if you're not getting that promotion that you want, if there's a poor perception of you, it's probably not because of the work that you're doing. The quality of your work might be fine. But look at your your quality of your relationships and ask yourself, is there something that I could do to improve this? And I know for me that just looked like taking extra moments of my time to leave the door open for my employees to let them know that I was fully available and to set aside specific time for them to talk to me. And with the public, it just meant showing my face more, introducing myself more, putting myself out there. And for future jobs, it meant applying to speak at conferences and putting myself online. And it meant promoting myself in ways that sometimes felt uncomfortable in order to build relationships with other people. So the sooner that you realize that you need people and strong relationships to thrive, the sooner you'll start prioritizing the important things. And that can be hard to do, but um, one example is when you start to have those difficult conversations with people because you know it will make a difference in their life and it will make a difference in, in your team. But when you're not in tune with your teammates, it can be really easy to ignore what's happening. It can be really easy to just say, I'll have that hard conversation with them at their review six months from now. And that's not fair to them and it's not fair to you. And so I think the more that you prioritize relationships, the stronger your career will be and you'll also feel better about yourself and your team. So my, my word of advice here is to make time for the people around you and treat them how you'd want to be treated. And so everyone from the director to the department, to the lifeguard staff, to the custodian, to your neighbor, we're all just people and we all deserve respect. Mistake number four, 
not starting my personal brand sooner. Right as I was quitting my last public parks and recreation job, I created a website where I blogged about my experiences working in parks and recreation that still exists today at beckytalksparks.com. But that website sat there, kind of idle, for about a year or two until I finally created a podcast where I shared stories and I started to put more meaningful content on the site. At the same time, I started to become known as a national speaker and thought leader, specifically in marketing and technology. And I urge every single one of you to build your personal brand as early as you can. This goes for young professionals, students, anyone who wants to change the identity of who they are and to change the narrative because you can do that. If you have bad press around a position that you used to be in, um, the one way to change that on a large scale is to change how you appear in Google, is to change how you appear in LinkedIn. So make a personal brand for yourself. Start to make videos. Start to showcase your knowledge and intelligence. Put yourself out there. There is no reason in 2019 why you shouldn't have an active LinkedIn account. Go and update your profile and make sure everything is up to date and that it truly reflects the best parts of who you are. Um, Beyond the online presence, you need to find ways to get outside of your bubble. And so this means going outside of your agency, maybe even going outside of your state. Go to conferences. You need to network and challenge yourself to do new things. That's how you're going to stand out. I know for me, that looked like speaking on stage because I was always scared to do that. But once I actually started to put myself out there, it became so much easier. One thing that I also did, which I would highly recommend, is asking for somebody for coffee. I've had coffee with multiple people. Some of them have not led to dramatic career changes, but I've learned so much from them and have so much respect for them. And those relationships that I've had have served me well. And so I'd recommend looking at who in your network could help you simply by just giving you advice. And maybe they're not considered a mentor. I think we need to stop attaching so much value to the word mentor. These are just people who are busy in their career. And if they have a moment to have coffee with you, you know, even just a one-time event, or maybe it's once every six months, then by all means, do that. And you never know. Sometimes that might just be the one conversation that you need to launch your career. And I I did have an opportunity where um, it happened probably five years ago now, had coffee. And um, that relationship is still one of the strongest that I have in my career. And it helped me to the position that I'm in today. So go out, out and ask for people and ask for their advice because you never know what's going to happen. I've met countless people on LinkedIn and conferences through um, my website, through this podcast, through networking that have not only enriched my life, but have made significant differences in my career. And my only regret is not starting that sooner. Mistake number five, 
not learning how to strike a balance between accepting and challenging the status quo. The nature of parks and recreation is that it's a government job, right? So it has policies, it has procedures, it has bureaucracy, and it has red tape for a reason. Everything takes longer, and if you're impatient like me, it can be impossible to understand the reasons why things happen the way they do. But if you want to get things done, sometimes you need to understand and navigate through the system and the way that it was built. I know that I wanted to make a difference, and so I felt frustrated every time that my ideas would get stuck in limbo. Sometimes for months at a time. But that frustration that I had wasn't benign. As in, that frustration that I had, my impatience that I had, affected other parts of my work, and it eventually ate at me. It wasn't an effective way to get things done. Looking back, if I had used that frustration instead to go out and talk to people and really understand why things were happening, I would I would build relationships with the people who were accepting or rejecting my ideas and truly understand the reasons that things get caught in a system. And a lot of times my frustration came out of not understanding why there was red tape. And there's not always a good reason. And sometimes when people explain things about why there are things that get caught up, I just, it's almost laughable, right? But I would say that judging the system isn't going to help you get ahead. And so having some acceptance of the restrictions of your position is going to be very helpful for you. So... Um, you know, sometimes being great at your job means understanding and accepting those restrictions. It also means taking risks when appropriate and knowing how to do that with, with some tact, right? Like any position, the moves that you make need to be strategic. You need to find ways to navigate the system without burning bridges. Many times government positions, they can last, you know, maybe it's just five years, maybe it's one and a half year, maybe it's 20 years. But the, the people that are around you, they're all looking at you, right? They're all paying attention to how you're carrying yourself and the way that you act, especially if you're a supervisor. And so you have the responsibility to take some risks if they're going to impact the rest of your team. But you need to set the example for how to do that strategically. You need to do it with patience. You need to do it with class. You need to present yourself and your ideas in a way that's respectful. Because um, one of my greatest mentors, Chris Chapinski, has a quote that she often repeats, and that is, you cannot alienate an influence at the same time. Which means, to me, that you cannot call someone out, you cannot embarrass them, and then expect them to 
get behind your idea. Once someone feels hurt, they put up walls. And so you need to be very aware of the walls that people put up and why they put them up. And maybe they're just there. Maybe that's their style. But oftentimes we have some responsibility for the ways in which other people respond. It doesn't mean that's your problem, right? The only thing you can control is yourself. But it does mean that you do have responsibility in the way that you handle yourself. And, and if you want to get things done, and if you want to influence others, you need to find ways to do that in a way that's respectful and in a way that makes people feel like you're on their side. Okay, mistake number six. This is the last one. My final mistake that I'm going to share here is thinking that I had to change who I was to become better at my job. I think we each have strengths and we each have weaknesses and we all have room to improve and evolve. That is a fact. But as a young supervisor, I didn't always feel qualified to do my job. Actually, when I was promoted into my role where I'd be managing my friends and my coworkers, much of, many of them were much older than I was, I felt deeply inadequate. So, you know that, that uh, phrase for imposter syndrome? That's exactly how I felt. I felt out of my league. I knew that I could do the job, but it was hard to remind myself of that because my style was completely different than those around me, especially my bosses. And it felt strange to do things my own way because I knew that I would be judged and evaluated for the results of my team. And if I did things differently and my team didn't succeed, it would be because of my own style. Part of the advice that my boss advised me of was to become more assertive. And assertive, in case you're wondering, means having a confident, showing a confident or forceful personality. And if it's one thing that I'm not, it's forceful. I'm an observer, I'm quiet, I like to take everything in and then make decisions. I have a quiet confidence and I believe firmly in who I am and I accept parts of myself that have taken me a long time to accept. But that quiet confidence doesn't always show up, especially when I'm in a new environment and I'm challenging myself to do new things. But with that advice, that constant nagging in my head from my boss that said, you need to be more assertive, I felt like I had to be someone I wasn't. It felt unnatural, artificial, and forced, and my team could tell. I changed elements of my personality to fit who my boss wanted me to be, and that strategy didn't work well. People can tell when you're forcing it. So when I finally realized that it wasn't working for me and I needed to take my own advice, I started to do what felt right. I used my own intuition and my own judgment. And it all felt more natural. My team and I gained respect for one another. It opened up conversation. It allowed me to be vulnerable and authentic in who I really was. And people saw me for that, for good or for bad. 
but it caused tension with my boss because he didn't feel like I was taking his advice. But at the end of the day, you have to do what feels right to you. And you should never have to change who you are at your core to do your job. There's a difference between evolving and growing and changing who you are. So if you ever feel like you're forcing it, like things just aren't working because it feels very unnatural, I'd ask you whose advice that you're trying to implement. Who is in your ear? What voice do you hear? Because people around you, again, they're just people. It's their own observations and their own judgments, sometimes even about themselves, that may influence what they say to you. And so take everything with a grain of salt. And there's no harm in trying something if you believe that it might be sound advice. But if it doesn't work for you, then have your own self-respect to move on from that advice and to trust your gut. Because at the end of the day, you're going you're gonna to go home and you're going to have to deal with what you felt. You're going to have to deal with who you are. Nobody else is going to have to deal with that. So as my favorite author has said, Walt Raldo Emerson, he said, nothing is at last sacred, but the integrity of your own heart. And so do things with integrity, do things by following your intuition and things will work out for you. So that is my last mistake that I wanted to share with you. Like I said, there are countless other mistakes that I've made, but those were kind of the big ones that I felt might help you and maybe a friend go through something, um, especially as a young professional, but I think it can apply no matter what role or age that you are in. I hope this was helpful and I hope that you all can think about some of the own mistakes that you've made and how they play into your role today and maybe you know how you think about yourself or how others think about you. It's okay to make mistakes, but I think the most important thing is to learn from them and find ways to to use them to your advantage. And if they're all a part of your story, then that's a good thing. But when you try to ignore your past and ignore the mistakes that you've made, I think that those are the things that haunt you and that will continue to come back again and again. So that's just my own two cents. I am going to sign off. Hope you guys have an awesome week, an awesome month. Um, just an update on the podcast. I will, I have to say I was a bit ambitious when I started this podcast. Um, I didn't realize when I started listening to everybody else's podcast that many of those people were, did not have a full-time job or not even a part-time job of doing their podcast when they were doing it every single week. And it's, um, it's very hard to manage that when you are scheduling interviews, finding people to interview, um, setting up questions, actually making the call and then editing the podcast all by yourself. And so I, I, I would like to kind of tone it back and do once a month, but 
Um, when I wasn't meeting that weekly goal, it kind of felt overwhelming and, and I pushed it back a little bit. So I do hope to get this out to you at least once a month. And um, if you want to find out some updates on when the next one comes out, just go to my website and get on that email list. It's beckytalksparks.com and you'll see it. It's, there's many ways to um, stay in touch with me. So I really appreciate you guys so much. And I know that you all are doing amazing things out in your community. So keep it real and have an awesome day and keep making a difference in the field of parks and recreation and keep raising the bar. Thanks, you guys. Bye.